Welcome to A Lighter Sky Biter. It's the first offshoot from Mad Distraction. Uh, today, I'm going to just talk to you a little bit about how I envision uh, the future of this channel working. Um, it's mainly going to be in two sections. One, a more kind of pop culture um, analysis and critiques of movies, maybe some TV shows, uh, probably even some... Uh, some music every now and again, um, and then there'll be a second offshoot that'll be focused a little bit more on psychology. Uh, I'm a psychology grad student at the University of Houston, um, and as I go through that journey, uh, I will share some of my experiences and uh, some of my uh, interesting facts and findings that I've that I uh, come across uh, during that process. Today, I wanted to kick off. Um, by talking about a couple movies that I've seen this year, um, and really just kind of uh, test this out. It's the first time I've used Anchor. This is literally the first thing I've recorded. Second thing I've recorded. The first was a, a five-second flub, but the first thing I've recorded, and um, I kind of just want to play around with it and see if anything uh, anything clicks for me. All right. I hope you guys enjoy. So, uh, last week I saw a movie called A Prayer Before Dawn, and I have been thinking about this movie uh, basically ever since. Uh, the movie is a, uh, I don't know if produced by, but definitely distributed by A24, which if you don't know, A24 is kind of a smaller film distribution company. Um, popular movies they've had have, have all kind of seen quite a bit of success, but like Moonlight, uh, Room, both of them are Oscar winners, Lady Bird, which is a, a big Oscar movie from last year, uh, Florida Project, which is one of my favorites, Ex Machina didn't get so much um, Academy love, but it has been one of my favorite movies to come out in the past few years. So probably since 2015 is when Ex Machina came out, and they've had a uh, they had a lot of movies that year, and have kind of ever since then they've been on my radar. And so, when a movie comes out that I know it's uh, from their catalog, I usually seek it out. I usually enjoy it. There have been uh, exceptions, but they've had a really great year this year. Um, earlier, a movie called Lean on Pete was released from them. Heredity, which. Uh, had some commercial success as a pretty terrifying movie with Tony Collette, uh, and then most recently, uh, A Prayer Before Dawn, which A Prayer Before Dawn had been on my radar even prior to both of those movies. I probably first heard of A Prayer Before Dawn sometime last winter, or last fall, as uh, as I follow A24 on like Twitter and social media and things. They uh, maybe didn't share the trailer, but maybe just some artwork from, from this upcoming movie, and mentioned that it was, uh, a s uh, drama taking place in a Thai prison, um, true story, shot on location about a young British kid who gets in trouble with the law in Thailand, and, uh, then uh, uses 
I guess his his means isn't isn't correct. But then uh, eventually attempts to or does join the prison Thai boxing team Muay Thai. And for those who don't know, Thai boxing is the national sport of Thailand. It is uh, as ubiquitous in Thailand as the NFL is here. It is their deal. Kids ages 5, 6, 7 grow up training in Muay Thai. And when I was in Thailand in the early 2010s, I actually, for a few months, uh, was training in Muay Thai, um, where I'd, for six days, for six hours a day, I'd, I'd train in Muay Thai. I had two fights. I lost both of them. Um, but it was definitely an experience that drew me to this movie. And, uh, I gotta say, I am not at all disappointed. I'm, I'm thrilled. I, I didn't have as much as I, uh, have the connection from personal experience to this movie, my love of A24, my love of Thailand in general, and, uh, my experience in Thai boxing. I didn't expect necessarily much story. This definitely was a movie that I thought was flying so far under the radar that it, that it wasn't getting the critical, uh, praise that I thought other A24 movies get that are, uh, that usually reach out to wider audiences. I think even at this point, um, after I saw it, I checked how it was doing financially. I think it's only made, you know, a few thousand dollars, which when we're talking about movies with budgets of millions of dollars, making a few thousand, um, certainly isn't what you're looking for, but I think now it's even been pushed to video on demand. Um, and I'm not even sure it played in more than a handful of theaters. So, let's get into the movie, um, because I did really, really enjoy it. Uh, Joe Cole is the name of the lead actor, who really did a phenomenal job, and there's been kind of a trend toward this, uh, cinema verite this year, with movies like The Rider, with movies, um, like uh, Leave No Trace had had aspects of these kind of non-professional actors in these roles, and it's a testament to these directors that they can pull these performances without them being wooden or um, looking like they're no like they know that they're on camera. I, I am not familiar with Cole. Um, I guess he was on Peaky Blinders and maybe has a couple other credits to his name. But that uh, realism, that, that verisimilitude of this performance, that he felt like an actual guy who was just cast because he had kind of a boxer's build and could throw a punch. Apparently... Uh, Charlie Hunnam was cast in this role and that is who the director wanted. I don't know what happened, uh, how that fell through. And I like Charlie Hunnam. I, he was in a movie last year called Lost City of Zed. Um, I really enjoyed that. I really liked him in Sons of Anarchy for, uh, 
from from most of the seasons that that show ran. But he has this machismo swagger that is very one note that kind of is consistent through his filmography. I'd say he has it the least amount in Lost City of Zed, and I've noticed that the the fewer times the kind of on a on a smaller degree that he kind of has that swagger and that walk and the way he talks and the way he holds himself the more I like him so I think he although I, I'm getting off on a tangent but I think he has a hard time shedding that and why I bring all this up I just want to say that I hope his career does uh, go beyond I know he's got some movies coming out later this year. I want him to be successful. I'm just really glad that he wasn't cast in this movie. I think it would have been really, uh, oh, just, I think it would have taken me out of the movie a little bit. I think it would have been a little bit too obvious and too distracting. So, Cole, um, the movie opens with a young Thai boy kind of prepping Cole for a, for a for a bout, you know, with the Vaseline on the face and giving him a rub down, kind of loosening the muscles, kind of get getting them psyched, getting ready to go, and then he returns the favor to him, to the boy. Cole returns the favor to the boy, and very immediately you get this sense of uh, fellowship and sort of a give-and-take sort of camaraderie between the fighters because, you know, I think more often than not, you know, you see the little towel boys, they're working up the fighters, and that's it. But in this scenario, like, the, the kid was fighting too. His first bout... Um, or he had the boy had the fight even before Cole did, and and I should say this now, so I'm not I don't continue to refer to call him uh, Cole. His name in the movie is Billy Moore, William Moore, and it is based on a true story, which I didn't even actually know until the end of the movie, uh, which I'm I'm r- really happy about because I feel like that might have uh, colored how I was viewing the movie while I was watching it. So, it is a true story. Uh, The real Billy Moore does play a character in the movie. Um, But, again, I think maybe if you want to listen to this, I'd I'd suggest you do so maybe after seeing the movie. Because I I do think seeing it with as little knowledge about the movie um, is good. I think it's available to, to... View, uh, I think on Amazon and maybe Vudu. I know it's I know it's available on demand somewhere. Um, but anyway, back to to what I was saying about this this sense of almost like a uh, fraternal bond between these Thai boxers. You are given the idea that because it's kind of an all scratch your back and you scratch mine kind of situation, you see a humanity in Cole that then is immediately undercut by him smoking heroin or meth immediately after that to get himself kind of psyched up. 
and go fight. And then it kind of lays down the groundwork for what this uh, this guy, Billy Moore, is what kind of life he's living. And you envision him just kind of going along, kind of taking these fights, maybe for no money, maybe for for a, a little bit of a little bit of um, room and board or or whatever. I mean, he's certainly not living uh, a life of luxury. Uh, so he's smoking. It cuts to the fight. He fights. He's not fighting well. He's getting his ass kicked, and it seems that he either is a good fighter, but he's just high, or he's just not even that great of a fighter compared to his competition. Um, so he gets he, he gets he gets pretty beat up, and uh, the next day, cops are, are banging at his door, and he is arrested for. Some kind of drug charges. We don't necessarily know, or maybe I didn't pick up on whether he's selling or dealing or just using, but um, he has a gun, he has drugs, they confiscate all of that and take him in, and I don't know the name of this prison, but it apparently is a uh, notorious prison in South Thailand that the film was shot in, and it is terrifying. The first half of this movie is very unsettling in that a lot of it is a lot of the movie is in Thai without subtitles. So you get this kind of thrust into feeling sitting in Billy Moore's shoes where he doesn't speak the language he doesn't know what's going on you don't know what's going on he now is kind of even suffering from withdrawals and shot in a very frenetic, uh, uncomfortable pace that leaves you feeling very anxious. Um, he's being processed. He's offered heroin from a shady dealer who then, you come to find out later, that he, he's, he takes money from, from these prison guards to keep up their heroin habit. Yaba, as it's referred to in um, instead of going through a point by point uh, breakdown of the plot of the film I just kind of want to talk a little bit more about um, the film kind of in a, in a broader scope I mentioned that the first half is very uh, anxiety inducing but there is a turn that kind of um, kicks off a change in more. Um, he meets someone. Uh, he starts building this kind of almost friendship with these terrifying dudes who are murderers and rapists. I mean, sometimes literally on screen, and uh, and so he kind of has a change and and decides that after seeing uh, a section of the the prison community training in kind of a closed off area, he also wants to be part of the Thai boxing team. He trains 
um, after finally convincing the coach, you know, by, by stealing cigarettes, basically, from, from, uh, someone who works, like, the, I can't think of anything to call them other than concessions, but I know that's not, commissary, is that, is that, um, proper prison lingo, but, uh, finally is on the team, trains, and then, more predictably, there are a few kind of setbacks, he relapses, um, I think, uh, I guess, I guess I'll mention this plot point, the, uh, commissary worker is a Thai lady boy, who's a trans woman, is what a lady boy is, and often in Thailand, um, because the reality of the, the situation is Thailand is a very, um, Profitable and sought-after destination for sex vacations. I think uh, Thailand and Cuba are among the highest, and um, oftentimes just because of their gender identity, uh, Thai men will um, have surgeries to, to become women. But also uh, sometimes for money, like. It's a lucrative lifestyle, although a horrible one, um, that's just filled with, uh, you know, all, all, all of the things that you think of sex work as, uh, as being, uh, a danger to the person individually. We don't know that backstory. We do know that, um, this woman, Fame is her name, is in prison for killing her dad for him not, uh, agreeing with or liking who she was as a person, and it doesn't really go into much more than that, but, uh, Moore takes a liking to her, she takes a liking to him, um, there's some tender moments between them, and he then sees that she's also just kind of, she's working a little bit, like, she might have feelings for him. But she's also, she has to survive in this world, and, and, and she's, she's, she's working too. And that sends him into a, a bit of a tailspin, and he gets high again and fights one of the guys on his team. Uh, that causes a setback. And then um, it's overcome. Another setback happens when he uh, suffers an injury and... Uh, is sent to the infirmary and told that just because of the years of, of drinking and drugging and fighting that um, he had he had some sort of organ rupture and is warned that if you keep fighting you will die and he does uh, keep fighting um, and that's and that's that's all I'll probably tell you about the plot. I will say that this movie is just the exact kind of movie for me, uh, in that there was something that I gravitated towards, it was Thailand, it was the Muay Thai, um, I love, I love Thailand, I love the way they talk, I love the people of Thailand, um, I, I, I love the, lang- I love the Thai language, because it's so clipped and, and, uh, I think it's a very, I think it's, 
oddly a very interesting language. Uh, and there were a lot, there was a lot about that movie that reminded me of my time living there. But I think you can totally enjoy this movie if you are comfortable with sort of terrifyingly depressing and bleak movies. I think this can be right up your alley. It does, like I said, it does take a turn that becomes a more traditional sports movie where, like, he's just got to fight and he trains and he overcomes and he builds uh, these bonds with these people. And uh, in that sense, I, I think it's it's up among the top of my favorite sports movies. I think for as long as... as um, as the question of the best sports movies of all time comes up, and as long as I'm a part of the conversation, I think I'll probably mention this movie. I liked it as much as I, I kind of said this to a friend of mine. It's almost like uh, The Longest Yard, which is a uh, Burt Reynolds movie from the 70s. It's almost like The Longest Yard meets Requiem for a Dream, which has that kind of drug despair element to it. But it was sort of, you know, this like the longest yard I'll be hopeful because I literally have no more hope like I've gone round the bend I'm in the bleakest place in the world um and I gotta do something other than just die and for those movies it's fight sometimes it's against authority sometimes it's in, in direct uh cooperation with the authority he's just he's fighting his own demons and he's fighting himself and he's fighting all these feelings about um, where he's come from. That's another interesting point about the movie is you don't know where he comes from. You don't know how he got there, why he's there, what his backstory is at all. It's basically, he's been drinking and doing drugs and fighting. That landed him in a Thai prison, um, completely isolated because of language. And from that point, like you're not, you're not given any answers, just this is a story that we're telling, and I love that about some movies too, that that it's it's not important what his demons are, like it doesn't matter where he came from, everything you need to know is, is shown from the point the movie starts to the point the movie ends, and uh, and that's a very simple and succinct movie that I really just enjoyed, um, I'll go ahead and wrap it up there. I think if you have the ability to see this in theaters, I'd say do so. I'm a big proponent of uh, going to watch movies in the theater. Um, I just recently became a member of AMC A-List, which is uh, a subscription service that costs 20 bucks a month, and you are allowed three movies a week from AMC. Um... I'm testing it out. I don't know if that's obviously a great deal. Um, but I wasn't necessarily spending 20 bucks a month on movies before. And I don't necessarily know if I want to do that now. Uh, but I'm, I've been spoiled after having Movie Pass, where I saw as many movies as I wanted for 10 bucks a month. And I used and abused that system. And so now I'm having... I'm, I'm, finding that I'm having a little bit of trouble going back to the way things were and having to pay for movies individually. 
but I'll see, that's a, that's a, that's a story for another time, I'll see how that works out, and, uh, but, like I said, if you can find this movie, I recommend it very highly, it's, it's, as of now, in my top ten movies that I've seen this year, um, and, uh, if you can't find it anywhere near you, then, like I said, I do believe it's on demand, I might rent it again, just because I really enjoyed watching this movie, um, there are only a handful of movies this year that I give a, uh, five out of five to when it comes to, to wow factor. I, I normally give kind of grades on, I didn't like it or meh or it was fine to liked it and loved it. And, um, even though this won't be, this probably won't be in my top 10 favorite movies of the year. Uh, it's definitely a high recommend for me. So, if you see A Prayer Before Dawn from A24, I wish I could think of the director's name, um, Jean something, I don't know, look it up, but, uh, great movie, and I suggest you check it out. So, thank you for listening to this first episode of A Lighter Sky Brighter, um, I'm gonna probably do some tweaking in the future, and we'll see if this thing takes off. Thanks. Welcome to A Lighter Sky Biter. It's the first offshoot from Mad Distraction. Uh, Today, I'm going to just talk to you a little bit about how I envision uh, the future of this channel working. Um, It's mainly going to be in two sections. One, a more kind of pop culture um, analysis and critiques of movies, maybe some TV shows, uh, probably even some uh, some music every now and again. Um, and then there'll be a second offshoot that'll be focused a little bit more on psychology. Uh, I'm a psychology grad student at the University of Houston, um, and as I go through that journey, uh, I will share some of my experiences and uh, some of my uh, interesting facts and findings that I've that I uh, come across uh, during that process. Today, I wanted to kick off um, by talking about a couple movies that I've seen this year, um, and really just kind of uh, test this out. It's the first time I've used Anchor. This is literally the first thing I've recorded. Second thing I've recorded. The first was a, a five-second flub. But the first thing I've recorded, and um, I kind of just want to play around with it and see if anything uh, anything clicks for me. All right, I hope you guys enjoy. So uh, last week I saw a movie called A Prayer Before Dawn, and I have been thinking about this movie uh, basically ever since. Um, the movie is a, uh, I don't know if produced by, but definitely distributed by A24, which if you don't know, A24 is kind of a smaller film distribution company. Um, popular movies they've had have, have all kind of seen quite a bit of success, but like Moonlight, uh, Room, both of them are Oscar winners, Lady Bird, which is a, a big Oscar movie from last year. Uh, Florida Project, which is one of my favorites. Ex Machina didn't get so much um, 
Academy love, but it has been one of my favorite movies to come out in the past few years. So, probably since 2015 is when Ex Machina came out, and they've had a, uh, they had a lot of movies that year, and have kind of, ever since then, they've been on my radar, and so when a movie comes out that I know it's uh, from their catalog, I usually seek it out, I usually enjoy it, there have been uh, exceptions, but they've had a really great year this year. Um, earlier, a movie called Lean on Pete was released from them. Heredity, which uh, had some commercial success, is a pretty terrifying movie with Tony Collette. Uh, and then most recently, uh, A Prayer Before Dawn, which A Prayer Before Dawn had been on my radar even prior to both of those movies. I probably first heard of A Prayer Before Dawn sometime last winter, last fall, as, uh, as I follow A24 on, like, Twitter and social media and things, they, uh, maybe didn't share the trailer, but maybe just some artwork from, from this upcoming movie, and mentioned that it was, uh, a s- uh, drama taking place in a Thai prison, um, true story shot on location about a young British kid who gets in trouble with the law in Thailand and uh, then uh, uses I guess his, his means isn't, isn't correct but then uh, eventually attempts to or does join the prison Thai boxing team Muay Thai and for those who don't know, Thai boxing is the national sport of Thailand. It is um, as ubiquitous in Thailand as the NFL is here. It is their deal. Kids ages 5, 6, 7 uh, grow up training in Muay Thai. And when I was in Thailand in the early 2010s, I actually, for a few months, uh, was training in Muay Thai, um, where I'd, for six days, for six hours a day, I'd, I'd train in Muay Thai. I had two fights. I lost both of them. Um, but it was definitely an experience that drew me to this movie. And, uh, I gotta say, I am not at all disappointed. I'm, I'm thrilled. I, I didn't have, as much as I uh, have the connection from personal experience to this movie, my love of A24, my love of Thailand in general, and uh, my experience in Thai boxing, I didn't expect necessarily much story. This definitely was a movie that I thought was flying so far under the radar that it, that it wasn't getting the critical uh, praise that I thought other A24 movies get that are, uh, that usually reach out to wider audiences, I think even at this point, um, after I saw it, I checked how it was doing financially, I think it's only made, you know, a few thousand dollars, which when we're talking about movies with budgets of millions of dollars, making a few thousand, um, certainly isn't what you're looking for, but I think now it's even been pushed to video on demand, um, and I'm not even sure it played in more than a handful of theaters. So, let's get into the movie, um, because I did really, really enjoy it. 
uh, Joe Cole is the name of the lead actor who really did a phenomenal job and there's been kind of a trend toward this uh, cinema verite this year with movies like The Rider, with movies um, like uh, Leave No Trace had had aspects of these kind of non-professional actors in these roles and it's a testament to these directors that they can pull these performances without them being wooden or um, looking like they're know like they know that they're on camera. I I am not familiar with Cole. Um, I guess he was on Peaky Blinders and maybe he has a couple other credits to his name. But that uh, realism that that verisimilitude of this performance that he felt like an actual guy who was just cast because he had kind of a boxer's build and could throw a punch. Apparently, uh, Charlie Hunnam was cast in this role and that is who the director wanted. I don't know what happened, uh, how that fell through. And I like Charlie Hunnam. I, he was in a movie last year called Lost City of Zed. Um, I really enjoyed that. I really liked him in Sons of Anarchy for, uh, from, for most of the seasons that that show ran. But he has this machismo swagger that is very one note that kind of is consistent through his filmography. I'd say he has it the least amount in Lost City of Zed, and I've noticed that the the fewer times the kind of on, on a on a smaller degree that he kind of has that swagger and that walk and the way he talks and the way he holds himself, the more I like him. So I think he, although I, I'm getting off on a tangent, but I think he has a hard time shedding that and why I bring all this up, I just want to say that I hope his career does uh, go beyond. I know he's got some movies coming out later this year. I want him to be successful. I'm just really glad that he wasn't cast in this movie. I think it would have been really uh, oh, just I think it would have taken me out of the movie a little bit. I think it would have been a little bit too obvious and too distracting. So, Cole, um, the movie opens with a young Thai boy kind of prepping Cole for a, for a, for a bout, you know, with the Vaseline on the face and giving him a rub down, kind of loosening the muscles, kind of get, getting them psyched, getting ready to go. And then he returns the favor to him to the boy. Cole returns the favor to the boy and very immediately you get this sense of uh, fellowship and sort of a give and take sort of camaraderie between the fighters because you know, I think more often than not you know, you see the little towel boys they're working up the fighters and that's it. 
But in this scenario, like, the, the kid was fighting too. His, his first bout, um, or he had, the boy had the fight even before Cole did. And, and I should say this now, so I'm not, I don't continue to refer to call him, uh, Cole. His name in the movie is Billy Moore, William Moore, and it is based on a true story, which I didn't even actually know until the end of the movie, uh, which I'm, I'm really happy about because I feel like that might have, uh, colored how I was viewing the movie while I was watching it. So it is a true story. Uh, the real Billy Moore does play a character in the movie. Um, but again, I think maybe if you want to listen to this, I'd, I'd suggest you do so maybe after seeing the movie, because I, I do think seeing it with as little knowledge about the movie, um, is good. I think you, it's available to, to view, uh, I think on Amazon and maybe Voodoo. I know it's I know it's available on demand somewhere. Um, but anyway, back to, to what I was saying about this, this sense of almost like a, uh, fraternal bond between these Thai boxers, you are given the idea that because it's kind of an all scratch your back and you scratch mine kind of situation, you see a humanity in Cole that then is immediately undercut by him smoking heroin or meth immediately after that to get himself kind of psyched up and go fight and then it kind of lays down the groundwork for what this uh this guy Billy Moore is what kind of life he's living and you envision him just kind of going along kind of taking these fights maybe for no money maybe for for a, a little bit of a little bit of um room and board or, or whatever. I mean, he's certainly not living, uh, a life of luxury. Uh, so he's smoking, it cuts to the fight. He fights. He's not fighting well. He's getting his ass kicked and it seems that he either is a good fighter, but he's just high or he's just not even that great of a fighter compared to his competition. Um, so he gets, he, he gets, he gets pretty beat up and, uh, the next day and cops are, are banging at his door and he is arrested for some kind of drug charges. We don't necessarily know, or maybe I didn't pick up on whether he's selling or dealing or just using, but, um, he has a gun, he has drugs, they confiscate all of that take him in, and I don't know the name of this prison, but it apparently is a uh, notorious prison in South Thailand that the film was shot in, and it is terrifying. The first half of this movie is very unsettling, in that a lot of it is, a lot of the movie is in Thai without subtitles, so you get this kind of thrust into feeling sitting in Billy Moore's shoes where he doesn't speak the language, he doesn't know what's going on, you don't know what's going on, he now is kind of even suffering from withdrawals and shot in a very frenetic, um, uncomfortable pace that leaves you feeling very anxious, um, 
he's being processed. He's offered heroin from a shady dealer who then you come to find out later that he he's, he takes money from from these prison guards to keep up their heroin habit. Yaba, as it's referred to in, in the movie. Um, instead of going through a point-by-point uh, breakdown of the plot of the film, I just kind of want to talk a little bit more about um, the film kind of in a, in a broader scope. I mentioned that the first half is very... Uh, anxiety-inducing, but there is a turn that kind of um, kicks off a change in more. Um, he meets someone, uh, he starts building this kind of almost friendship with these terrifying dudes who are murderers and rapists. I mean, sometimes literally on screen, and uh, and so he kind of has a change and and decides that after seeing uh, a section of the the prison community training in kind of a closed off area, he also wants to be part of the Thai boxing team. He trains um, after finally convincing the coach, you know, by. by Stealing cigarettes, basically, from from uh, someone who works like the, the I can't think of anything to call them other than concessions, but I know that's not commissary. Is that is that um, proper prison lingo? But uh, finally, is on the team, trains, and then more predictably. There are a few kind of setbacks. He relapses. Um, I think. Uh, I guess. I guess I'll mention this plot point. The uh, commissary worker is a Thai lady boy who's a trans woman. Is what a lady boy is, and often in Thailand, um, because the reality of the the situation is Thailand is a very um, profitable and sought-after destination for sex vacations. I think uh, Thailand and Cuba are among the highest, and um, oftentimes, just because of their gender identity, uh, Thai men will um, have surgeries to to become women. But also, uh, sometimes for money, like, it's a lucrative lifestyle, although a horrible one, um, that's just filled with, uh, you know, all, all, all of the things that you think of sex work as, uh, as being, uh, a danger to the person individually. We don't know that backstory, we do know that, um, this woman, Fame is her name, is in prison for killing her dad for him not uh, agreeing with or liking who she was as a person. And it doesn't really go into much more than that. But uh, 
more takes a liking to her. She takes a liking to him. Um, there's some tender moments between them. And he then sees that she's also just kind of... She's working a little bit. Like, she might have feelings for him. But she's also... She has to survive in this world. And, and, and she's, she's, she's working too. And that sends him into a, a bit of a tailspin. And he gets high again and fights one of the guys on his team... Uh, that causes a setback. And then um, it's overcome. Another setback happens when he uh, suffers an injury and uh, is sent to the infirmary and told that just because of the years of, of drinking and drugging and fighting that um, he, had, he had some sort of organ rupture and is warned that if you keep fighting, you will die. And he does uh, keep fighting. Um, and that's and that's that's all I'll probably tell you about the plot. I will say that this movie is just the exact kind of movie for me. Uh, in that there was something that I gravitated towards. It was Thailand. It was the Muay Thai. Um, I love I love Thailand. I love the way they talk. I love the people of Thailand. Um, I, I, I love the lang- I love the Thai language because it's so clipped and, and uh, I think it's a very I think it's audibly a very interesting language. Uh, and there were a lot there was a lot about that movie that reminded me of my time living there. But I think you can totally enjoy this movie if you are comfortable with sort of terrifyingly depressing and bleak movies. I think this can be right up your alley. It does, like I said, it does take a turn that becomes a more traditional sports movie where, like, he's just got to fight and he trains and he overcomes and he builds uh, these bonds with these people and... Uh, in that sense, I, I think it's it's up among the top of my favorite sports movies. I think for as long as as um, as the question of the best sports movies of all time comes up, and as long as I'm a part of the conversation, I think I'll probably mention this movie. I liked it as much as I, I kind of said this to a friend of mine. It's almost like uh, the Longest Yard, which is a uh, Burt Reynolds movie from the 70s, almost like Longest Yard meets Requiem for a Dream, which has that kind of drug despair element to it. But it was sort of, you know, this... Like Longest Yard, I'll be hopeful because I literally have no more hope. Like, I've gone round the bend, I'm in the bleakest place in the world, um, and I gotta do something other than just die. And for those movies, it's fight. Sometimes it's against authority. Sometimes it's in, in direct uh, cooperation with the authority. He's just, he's fighting his own demons. And he's fighting himself. And he's fighting all these feelings about um, where he's come from. That's another interesting point about the movie is you don't know where he comes from. You don't know how he got there, why he's there, what his backstory is at all. It's basically been drinking and doing drugs and fighting that landed him in a Thai prison um, 
completely isolated because of language. And from that point, like you're not you're not given any answers. Just this is a story that we're telling. And I love that about some movies too, that that it's it's not important what his demons are. Like it doesn't matter where he came from. Everything you need to know is is shown from the point the movie starts to the point the movie ends. And uh, and that's a very simple and succinct movie that I really just enjoyed. Um, I'll go ahead and wrap it up there. I think if you have the ability to see this in theaters, I'd say do so. I'm a big proponent of uh, going to watch movies in the theater. Um, I just recently became a member of AMC A-List which is a subscription service that costs 20 bucks a month and you're allowed three movies a week from AMC. Um, I'm testing it out. I don't know if that's obviously a great deal, um, but I wasn't necessarily spending 20 bucks a month on movies before and I don't necessarily know if I want to do that now, uh, but I'm, I've been spoiled after having movie pass where I saw as many movies as I wanted for 10 bucks a month, and I used and abused that system. And so now I'm, ha- I'm, I'm finding that I'm having a little bit of trouble going back to the way things were and having to pay for movies individually. But I'll see. That's, an, that's, an, that's a story for another time. I'll see how that works out. And uh, But, like I said, if you can find this movie, I recommend it very highly. It's It's as of now in my top 10 movies that I've seen this year. Um, and, uh, if you can't find it anywhere near you, then like I said, I do believe it's on demand. I might rent it again just because I really enjoyed watching this movie. Um, there are only a handful of movies this year that I give a, uh, five out of five to when it comes to, to, wow factor, I, I normally give kind of grades on, I didn't like it, or meh, or it was fine too, liked it and loved it, and, um, even though this won't be, this probably won't be in my top 10 favorite movies of the year, uh, it's definitely a high recommend from me, so, if you see A Prayer Before Dawn, from A24, I wish I could think of the director's name, um, Jean something, I don't know, look it up, but, uh, great movie, and I suggest you checking it out, so, thank you for listening to this first episode of A Lighter Sky Brighter, um, I'm gonna probably do some tweaking in the future, and we'll see if this thing takes off, thanks. Welcome to A Lighter Sky Biter. It's the first offshoot from Mad Distraction. Uh, Today, I'm going to just talk to you a little bit about how I envision uh, the future of this channel working. Um, It's mainly going to be in two sections. One, a more kind of pop culture um, analysis and critiques of movies, maybe some TV shows, uh, probably even some... uh, some music every now and again, um, and then there'll be a second offshoot that'll be focused a little bit more on psychology. Uh, I'm a 
psychology grad student at the University of Houston. Um, and as I go through that journey, uh, I'll share some of my experiences and um, some of my uh, interesting facts and findings that I've that I uh, come across uh, during that process. Today, I wanted to kick off um, by talking about a couple movies that I've seen this year, um, and really just kind of uh, test this out. It's the first time I've used Anchor. This is literally the first thing I've recorded. Second thing I've recorded. The first was a, a five-second flub, but the first thing I've recorded, and um, I kind of just want to play around with it and see if anything uh, anything clicks for me. All right. I hope you guys enjoy. So, uh, last week I saw a movie called A Prayer Before Dawn, and I have been thinking about this movie uh, basically ever since. Uh, The movie is a, I don't know if produced by, but definitely distributed by A24, which if you don't know, A24 is kind of a smaller film distribution company. Um, Popular movies they've had have have all kind of seen quite a bit of success, but like Moonlight, uh, Room, both of them are Oscar winners, Lady Bird, which is a a big Oscar movie from last year, Uh, Florida Project, which is one of my favorites, Ex Machina didn't get so much... um, Academy love, but it has been one of my favorite movies to come out in the past few years. So, probably since 2015 is when Ex Machina came out, and they've had a, uh, they had a lot of movies that year, and have kind of, ever since then, they've been on my radar, and so when a movie comes out that I know it's uh, from their catalog, I usually seek it out, I usually enjoy it, there have been uh, exceptions, but they've had a really great year this year. Um, earlier, a movie called Lean on Pete was released from them. Heredity, which uh, had some commercial success, is a pretty terrifying movie with Tony Collette. Uh, and then most recently, uh, A Prayer Before Dawn, which A Prayer Before Dawn had been on my radar even prior to both of those movies. I probably first heard of A Prayer Before Dawn sometime last winter or last fall as... Uh, as I follow A24 on, like, Twitter and social media and things, they, uh, maybe didn't share the trailer, but maybe just some artwork from, from this upcoming movie, and mentioned that it was, uh, a s- uh, drama taking place in a Thai prison, um, true story shot on location about a young British kid who gets in trouble with the law in Thailand and uh, then uh, uses I guess his, his means isn't, isn't correct but then uh, eventually attempts to or does join the prison Thai boxing team Muay Thai and for those who don't know, Thai boxing is the national sport of Thailand. It is um, as ubiquitous in Thailand as the NFL is here. It is their deal. Kids ages 5, 6, 7 uh, grow up training in Muay Thai 
And when I was in Thailand in the early 2010s, I actually for a few months uh, was training in Muay Thai, um, where I'd for six days, for six hours a day, I'd, I'd trained in Muay Thai. I had two fights. I lost both of them. Um, but it was definitely an experience that drew me to this movie. And uh, I gotta say, I am not at all disappointed. I'm, I'm thrilled. I, I didn't have, as much as I uh, have the connection from personal experience to this movie my love of A24, my love of Thailand in general, and uh, my experience in Thai boxing. I didn't expect necessarily much story. This definitely was a movie that I thought was flying so far under the radar that it, that it wasn't getting the critical uh, praise that I thought other A24 movies get that are uh, that usually reach out to wider audiences. I think even at this point, um, after I saw it, I checked how it was doing financially, I think it's only made, you know, a few thousand dollars, which when we're talking about movies with budgets of millions of dollars, making a few thousand, um, certainly isn't what you're looking for, but I think now it's even been pushed to video on demand, um, and I'm not even sure it played in more than a handful of theaters. So, let's get into the movie, um, because I did really, really enjoy it. Uh, Joe Cole is the name of the lead actor, who really did a phenomenal job, and there's been kind of a trend toward this uh, cinema verite this year, with movies like The Rider, with movies um, like uh, Leave No Trace, had, had aspects of these kind of non-professional actors in these roles, and it's a testament to these directors that they can pull these performances without them being wooden or um, looking like they're know like they know that they're on camera. I I am not familiar with Cole. Um, I guess he was on Peaky Blinders, and maybe he has a couple other credits to his name. But that uh, realism, that that verisimilitude of this performance, that he felt like an actual guy who was just cast because he had kind of a boxer's build and could throw a punch. Apparently, uh, Charlie Hunnam was cast in this role, and that is who the director wanted. I don't know what happened uh, how that fell through, and I like Charlie Hunnam. I he was in a movie last year called Lost City of Zed. Um, I really enjoyed that. I really liked him in Sons of Anarchy for uh, from for most of the seasons that that show ran. But he has this machismo swagger that is very one note that kind of is consistent through his filmography, I'd say he has it the least amount in Lost City of Zed, and I've noticed that the, the fewer times, the kind of, on, a, on a smaller degree, that he kind of has that swagger and that walk, and the way he talks, and the way he holds himself, 
the more I like him. So I think he, although I'm getting off on a tangent, but I think he has a hard time shedding that. And why I bring all this up, I just want to say that I hope his career does uh, go beyond. I know he's got some movies coming out later this year. I want him to be successful. I'm just really glad that he wasn't cast in this movie. I think it would have been really, uh, oh, just, I think it would have taken me out of the movie a little bit. I think it would have been a little bit too obvious and too distracting. So, Cole, um, the movie opens with a young Thai boy kind of prepping Cole for, for a, for a bout, you know, with the Vaseline on the face and giving him a rub down, kind of loosening the muscles, kind of get, getting them psyched, getting ready to go. And then he returns the favor to him, to the boy. Cole returns the favor to the boy and very immediately you get this sense of, uh, fellowship and sort of a give and take sort of camaraderie between the fighters because you know I think more often than not you know you see the little towel boys they're working up the fighters and that's it but in this scenario like the the kid was fighting too his first bout um, or he had the boy had the fight even before Cole did and, and I should say this now, so I'm not, I don't continue to refer to call him uh, Cole. His name in the movie is Billy Moore, William Moore, and it is based on a true story, which I didn't even actually know until the end of the movie, uh, which I'm, I'm r- really happy about because I feel like that might have uh, colored how I was viewing the movie while I was watching it. So it is a true story. Uh, the real Billy Moore does play a character in the movie um but again I think maybe if you want to listen to this I'd I'd suggest you do so maybe after seeing the movie because I I do think seeing it with as little knowledge about the movie um is good I think it's available to to view uh I think on Amazon and maybe Voodoo I know it's I know it's available on demand somewhere. Um, but anyway, back to, to what I was saying about this, this sense of almost like a, uh, fraternal bond between these Thai boxers, you are given the idea that because it's kind of an all scratch your back and you scratch mine kind of situation, you see a humanity in Cole that then is immediately undercut by him smoking heroin or meth immediately after that to get himself kind of psyched up and go fight. And then it kind of lays down the groundwork for what this, uh, this guy, Billy Moore, is what kind of life he's living. And you envision him just kind of going along, kind of taking these fights, maybe for no money, maybe for, for a, a little bit of, a little bit of, um, room and board or, or whatever. I mean, he's certainly not living, uh, a life of luxury. Uh, so he's 
smoking, cuts to the fight, he fights, he's not fighting well, he's getting his ass kicked, and it seems that he either is a good fighter, but he's just high, or he's just not even that great of a fighter compared to his competition. Um, so he gets, he, he gets, he gets pretty beat up, and, uh, the next day, cops are, are banging at his door, and he is arrested for some kind of drug charges. We don't necessarily know, or maybe I didn't pick up on whether he's selling or dealing or just using, but, um, he has a gun, he has drugs, they confiscate all of that, and take him in, and I don't know the name of this prison, but it apparently is a... Uh, notorious prison in South Thailand that the film was shot in and it is terrifying. The first half of this movie is very unsettling in that a lot of it is a lot of the movie is in Thai without subtitles so you get this kind of thrust into feeling sitting in Billy Moore's shoes where he doesn't speak the language, he doesn't know what's going on, you don't know what's going on, he now is kind of even suffering from withdrawals and shot in a very frenetic, um, uncomfortable pace that leaves you feeling very anxious. Um, he's being processed, he's offered heroin from a shady dealer who then you come to find out later that he, he's, he takes money from from these prison guards to keep up their heroin habit. Yaba, as it's referred to in, in the movie. Um, instead of going through a point-by-point uh, breakdown of the plot of the film. I just kind of want to talk a little bit more about um, the film, kind of in, in, a, in a broader scope. I mentioned that the first half is very uh, anxiety-inducing, but there is a turn that kind of prov- um, kicks off a change in more. Um, he meets someone, uh, he starts building this kind of almost friendship with these terrifying dudes who are murderers and rapists, I mean, sometimes literally on screen, and, uh, and so he kind of has a change and, and decides that after seeing, uh, a section of the the prison community training in kind of a closed off area. He also wants to be part of the Thai boxing team. He trains um, after finally convincing the coach, you know, by, by stealing cigarettes basically from from uh, someone who works like the. I can't think of anything to call them other than concessions, but I know that's not... The commissary? Is that is that um, proper prison lingo? But, uh, finally is on the team, trains, and then, more predictably, there are a few kind of setbacks. He relapses, 
Um, I think, uh, I guess, I guess I'll mention this plot point. The, uh, commissary worker is a Thai lady boy who's a trans woman is what a lady boy is. And often in Thailand, um, because the reality of the, the situation is Thailand is a very, um, Profitable and sought-after destination for sex vacations. I think uh, Thailand and Cuba are among the highest, and um, oftentimes, just because of their gender identity, uh, Thai men will um, have surgeries to, to become women. But also, uh, sometimes for money, like. It's a lucrative lifestyle, although a horrible one. Um, that's just filled with, uh, you know, all, all, all of the things that you think of sex work as uh, as being uh, a danger to the person individually. We don't know that backstory. We do know that um, this woman, Fame, is her name, is in prison for killing her dad for him not uh, agreeing with or liking who she was as a person. And it doesn't really go into much more than that, but uh, Moore takes a liking to her, she takes a liking to him, Um, there's some tender moments between them, and he then sees that she's also just kind of, she's working a little bit, like she might have feelings for him. But she's also, she has to survive in this world, and, and, and she's, she's, she's working too. And that sends him into a, a bit of a tailspin, and he gets high again and fights one of the guys on his team. Uh, that causes a setback. And then um, it's overcome. Another setback happens when he uh, suffers an injury and... Uh, is sent to the infirmary and told that just because of the years of, of drinking and drugging and fighting that um, he had he had some sort of organ rupture and is warned that if you keep fighting you will die and he does uh, keep fighting um, and that's and that's that's all I'll probably tell you about the plot. I will say that this movie is just the exact kind of movie for me, uh, in that there was something that I gravitated towards, it was Thailand, it was the Muay Thai, um, I love, I love Thailand, I love the way they talk, I love the people of Thailand, um, I, I, I love the, like, I love the Thai language, because it's so clipped and, and, uh, I think it's a very, I think it's, audibly a very interesting language uh, and there were a lot there was a lot about that movie that reminded me of my time living there but I think you can totally enjoy this movie if you are comfortable with sort of terrifyingly depressing and bleak movies I think this can be right up your alley it does like I said it does take a turn that becomes a more traditional sports movie where like he's just got to fight and he trains and he overcomes and he builds 
these bonds with these people. And uh, in that sense, I, I think it's it's up among the top of my favorite sports movies. I think for as long as as um, as the question of the best sports movies of all time comes up, and as long as I'm a part of the conversation, I think I'll probably mention this movie. I liked it as much as I, I kind of said this to a friend of mine. It's almost like uh, the Longest Yard, which is a uh, Burt Reynolds movie from the '70s. Almost like Longest Yard meets Requiem for a Dream, which has that kind of drug despair element to it. But it was sort of, you know, this. Like the Longest Yard, I'll be hopeful because I literally have no more hope. Like, I've gone round the bend, I'm in the bleakest place in the world, um, and I gotta do something other than just die. And for those movies, it's fight, sometimes it's against authority, sometimes it's in, in direct uh, cooperation with the authority. He's just, he's fighting his own demons, and he's fighting himself, and he's fighting all these feelings about um, where he's come from. That's another interesting point about the movie is you don't know where he comes from. You don't know how he got there, why he's there, what his backstory is at all. It's basically, he's been drinking and doing drugs and fighting. That landed him in a Thai prison, um, completely isolated because of language. And from that point, like you're not, you're not given any answers, just this is a story that we're telling, and I love that about some movies too, that that it's it's not important what his demons are, like it doesn't matter where he came from, everything you need to know is, is shown from the point the movie starts to the point the movie ends, and uh, and that's a very simple and succinct movie that I really just enjoyed, um, I'll go ahead and wrap it up there. I think if you have the ability to see this in theaters, I'd say do so. I'm a big proponent of uh, going to watch movies in the theater. Um, I just recently became a member of AMC A-List, which is uh, a subscription service that costs 20 bucks a month, and you are allowed three movies a week from AMC. Um... I'm testing it out. I don't know if that's obviously a great deal, um, but I wasn't necessarily spending 20 bucks a month on movies before, and I don't necessarily know if I want to do that now. Uh, but I'm I've been spoiled after having Movie Pass, where I saw as many movies as I wanted for 10 bucks a month, and I used and abused that system, and so now I'm having. I'm, I'm, finding that I'm having a little bit of trouble going back to the way things were and having to pay for movies individually. But I'll see. That's a, that's a, that's a story for another time. I'll see how that works out. And uh, But, like I said, if you can find this movie, I recommend it very highly. It's, it's as of now, in my top ten movies that I've seen this year. Um, and uh, if you can't find it, anywhere near you, then like I said, I do believe it's on demand. I might rent it again, just because I really enjoyed watching this movie. Um, there are only a handful of movies this year that I give a, uh, five out of five 
too when it comes to to wow factor i i normally give kind of grades on i didn't like it or meh or it was fine to liked it and loved it and uh, even though this won't be this probably won't be in my top 10 favorite movies of the year uh it's definitely a high recommend for me so if you see a prayer before dawn from a24 i wish i could think of the director's name um Jean something, I don't know, look it up, but, uh, great movie, and I suggest you checking it out, so, thank you for listening to this first episode of A Lighter Sky Brighter, um, I'm gonna probably do some tweaking in the future, and we'll see if this thing takes off, thanks.